Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's enough. Sit down. We don't want to have too good of a time, right? No, praise the Lord. The last several weeks, we've been doing um, the series on intersections. And I almost feel sometimes like we're trying to, you know, you can almost feel it when you're trying to make a series happen, right? We're just going through the book of John, all right? But what we're trying to look at is what happens when, when life when people, when their lives are intersected with Christ Jesus, when they cross paths with Jesus Christ, what does that look like, and what does it look like for us? So this morning, I want to talk about uh, truth and freedom. Now, we're at a, a, a vital place in John chapter 8. John itself is a powerful book, probably the most, besides Romans, in my opinion, one of the most prolific books that points us to Jesus Christ. And, and John starts the first verse of John by simply saying, in the beginning. He doesn't talk about the Christmas narrative. He doesn't talk about the gene- genealogy of Jesus leading back to David. He talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. And from that point on, it's been a proclamation Uh, through John the Baptist, then Jesus shows up, and then Jesus begins calling the disciples. And by the time we get to chapter 8, we've seen several miracles. We've seen several wonderful signs. Jesus has proclaimed that he is the bread of life. By the time we get to the end of chapter 7, we see that he's at the great feast, Feast of Booths or Tabernacles. And on that last day, he stands up and says, if anybody's thirsty, now this is vital because this is a pretty powerful proclamation. When you're standing around all these religious leaders, he's basically saying, I am the answer. If anyone thirsts, come unto me, and I will give you waters that out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters, and this spake he of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm saying that because Jesus, it is at this point, and he's just begun a a gradual process of an in-your-face. Now, please don't think of Jesus as being rude, but do think about Jesus as being God. Um, I I can't help but, in our American culture, think that we've bought into this, um, and I'm all about being kind and being gracious and, and not being offensive. But when we live in a world that has decided what its truth is, everybody's easily offended. And see, Jesus Jesus doesn't come in truth to offend, but don't think for one minute that people getting their feelings hurt means it's wrong when you lovingly come to them in truth. Truth in love does not mean people like it. Just get behind the table on that one. 
Truth and love does not mean people like it, does not mean people appreciate it. It doesn't mean you have to yell it or scream it. Jesus simply stands up. He's not even talking to a person. He just stands up and says, I am the light of the world. And they know exactly what he's talking about. Not, not just the I am statement, but the light of the world. And we talked about this last week. Because by the time Jesus is start, starts talking about being the light of the world, now he's in a debate with these religious leaders. Because it's, it's in one of those moments where they're saying, who do you think you are? And I'm not going to go back to those passages. I'm going to start reading in just a moment from uh, verse <clears throat> 28. Um, when he says, I am the light of the world, it starts this confrontation. Where, where do you get this authority? Who do you think you are? And Jesus begins to talk to them about the fact that you're never going to get who I am. You can't understand who I am. As a matter of fact, he goes on in one of the passages earlier in John chapter 8. He says, listen, um, you don't understand what I'm talking about, but I'm going to leave here where I'm going. You can't go, and you are going to die in your sin. Now, that, that is truth and aggressive at the same time. Now, please, I don't, I don't need anybody loading up today. Mmm, I can't wait to see Uncle Henry now because I've got something to tell him, and it will be in love this time because the pastor said it. No, it's, it's not about condemning. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. And we're going to see this in just a moment. I'm just setting this up. Because what Jesus goes on to say, and this is what I want to look at this morning, what does truth and freedom have to do as we live this out with Christ? What is Jesus trying to get across to these religious leaders that he knows they're not even hearing? Because once he makes this statement, you're going to die in your sin, he goes on to say this, and just listen. <clears throat> in verses 28, he says, Then said Jesus to them, When you lift up the Son of Man... You will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. Now here he is obviously talking about the future and what he's going to. He's going to the cross. It's God's mission for him to go to the cross. He will go to the cross and die for our sins. They will eventually see it, but they still won't get it. He says, but I'm going to do this. It's going to happen because God is doing this through me, and I come to do those things that please him. And verse 30 says, and as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Now, let me just stop there and, and talk about this for a second. What is it to believe in him? When you say you believe in something, what do you mean? I mean, we know obviously what it's supposed to mean, right? How many understand when I make the statement, I believe I'll do this today? But then the very next day, well, I believe I'll do this. Or I believe I'll do this. You know, we can believe a lot of things. And Jesus already knows that. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say... <clears throat> Jesus says in verse 31, he said to those Jews who believed in him, 
He said to those Jews who said, we believe. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, let's just stop there and talk about this for a few minutes. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to finish up the rest of chapter 8. So somebody say, good luck. Um, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We usually quote that out of context. Um, here's, what, here's the important part of that verse. When Jesus spoke to those who proclaimed that they were believers... He said, if you abide in my word, what does it say? If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. So let's, let's talk about what being a disciple is for just a minute. What is being a disciple? <clears throat> and we all, know, we all know the correct definitions, right? A follower of Jesus. Um. Isn't it what they called the 12 guys who were with him? Yes, okay, you're right there too. It was the 12 guys that were following him. But that's the whole, that's the whole secret. They were following him. Did they ever doubt? Yes. Were they ever fearful? Did they ever make mistakes? You know, did, did some of them really make bad mistakes? Did some of them say stupid things? Okay. Did somebody live with their foot in their mouth on a regular basis? Was he not the same one that God used to start the New Testament church? Okay, so here, here's my point. Disciples aren't perfect. They're followers. Disciples aren't perfect. They're followers. But now here's what Jesus is saying. Are you abiding? That word literally means, in its original text, it means, are you continuing? Are you, are you here? It's, it's almost like when Jesus is on a regular journey and he turns around and calls your name, are you here? Will you say present or missing in action? Okay. Well, what about grace? What about grace? This has nothing to do with grace. The, the, the question of are you following has nothing to do with grace. It's really simple. Are you following? Now, I'm not trying to make this about legalism at all. I've wrestled with this all week, um, and it's just my personal thing, because I, I don't want you to feel like I'm coming down like a hammer. But it's, it's funny, Diane and I were doing some devotions this week, and that expression was used, and I thought, you know what? God just showed me something. And my wife even said, man, that's good. So that's a big deal. I'm going to share it again right now. You know how when you're walking through Lowe's or Home Depot and there's one whole aisle of nothing but nails and screws and they're neatly stacked and they're all, I mean, you, if, if you're, unless somebody's been through there and, and not been good, everything's in order. The same sizes are still shaped. They're all in packages. Hammers are way over on, the, on, on another aisle. Saws are way over on another aisle. Lumber is way over on a... Does anything get built when it stays in its package on its aisle? No. You got to go, you, you know, we got to get out of our packages. We've got to get out of our aisles and start following Jesus. 
is when you start following Jesus, now you might get hammered. Okay, let me rephrase that. You might feel like the nail who gets hit by a hammer. Okay, that makes a difference, right? Just need to clarify that for some of you, I believe. You, you might feel like a piece of lumber that's just being cut up on. There's going to be times when you're uncomfortable. There's going to be times when it doesn't feel right. But listen, the kingdom doesn't get built if you don't follow. The kingdom doesn't get built if you stay in your aisle, in your safe place, in your package. Well, it's comfortable here. All of us, you know, same size nails, we're all right here together. and Nothing even hurts right now because you're not out of the package. You're, you're not... You're not you're not out in a contractor site uh, working together and putting things together. You're not out allowing yourself to be used in the kingdom. So when Jesus asked this question about, listen, you ready? Real disciples. He had a lot of people up to that point who were saying, we want to be a disciple on aisle four. But even if you remember back in chapter two of John, he was said, they were saying, and many believed on him, but he would not give himself to them because he knew they really weren't going to follow. He would not give himself. He would not take his time with them because he already knew they were making a lot of racket for mile four. Is this making sense? Now, this isn't even my point this morning. I, I really want to drive home the fact that as we follow Christ, there's a freedom. And most of us don't feel that freedom. We feel this anxious, you know, we feel like something's supposed to be happening from aisle four. I'm going to stay with this for a minute. So we're, we're, we're in a great package, we're packaged well, we're on the shelf, and we know something should be happening. It always seems to be happening on aisle 16, because they're a little bit more charismatic over there. We like it more on aisle one, it's a little bit quieter. But when everything gets going together, it's amazing how things start to get built. It's amazing how things begin to come together because everyone's decided to get out of their comfort zones and move and follow the master. Now see, when I talk about following Jesus and discipleship, a lot of us immediately go to following rules. That's not what discipleship is. Discipleship is deciding, I know who Jesus is, and I'm going to obey him, and in obeying him, my life changes. It's not about, show me the rules and I'll follow that. Because when it happens, now it turns into legalism. And we get up in the morning, oh man, it says here i got to pray. That's not a relation, relationship. That's a ritual. When it says here, I got to give. Mm. That's not a relationship. That's a ritual. It says here, I got to sacrifice. Let's see, who else can I sacrifice this morning? Who else can I just maybe live off their sacrifice? Am I making any sense? Because again, he's talking to a group of people. I just get this in your mind. They've already got decided what their truth is. 
the Jewish believers, they were arguing with Jesus because they were saying, who do you think you are saying you came from the far? You are the light. Who do you think? You're telling us we're going to die in our sins? By the time he gets here, they've already started talking about who are the children of Abraham. Because when he says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, their next response is, now wait a minute. We don't need to be free from anything. See, we, we live, and I'm trying to make this very applicable where we are right now. We live in a culture where people don't think they need to be free from anything. People don't think they've got a problem. Now, it's not our job to point at problems. It's our job to proclaim Jesus Christ. But when you proclaim Jesus Christ, you don't proclaim Jesus Christ by saying, look how bad you are. You are really bad. You are really, let me pull out my list, and according to my list that I don't even live by, you are really bad. Behind my table again, just in case. <laughs> according to my list, you're really bad. I don't really live by this. And, I, and again, I'm not talking about grace, guys. I'm not talking about grace. We all live by grace. I use more grace now than I did before I got saved. And now what I mean by that is it's not a cheap grace. We've got to get to a place where we know we are saved by grace. And when we are abiding in him, the word says that when you abide in him, John 15, and his words abide in you, you can ask what you wish and it shall be done. And that doesn't mean that you, it's just wishful praying. It's you are so in tune with Jesus Christ. When you walk out the door in the morning, whatever you're thinking about is his kingdom at work. And you're not praying, Lord, please keep me safe on my shelf today. Lord, please, please don't let anybody take my package today because we, we look so nice right now. How many of you are sick and tired of Lowe's illustrations this morning? Well, let's just go to Home Depot. We'll make it a Home Depot illustration now. You know, Lord, please bless, bless our section. Lord, please multiply our aisle. Lord, please make us comfortable and, and help us to, to be prosperous. You know, I don't know. Um, I'm in these stores quite a bit, by the way. And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm in there, I'm in there for one reason and one reason only. To get whatever I need to get to get something fixed. When the world's around you and they're hurting, are they going to find something that will help them? Or are you so blended into the aisle they don't even see you? Because see, the world has its own idea of truth. Just like the Jews, they had their own idea of who God was and what was going to happen and how that was lived out. And when Jesus was saying, no, I am the light, when Jesus was saying, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, his first statement was, okay, listen, if, if you're really my disciples, if you abide in me, if you continue in me, you will be my disciples. So let me just go back to the first question. What's a disciple? I want to be very frank. It's, it's somebody who's following Jesus, not just today. 
So how do you, what does it look like to follow Jesus every day? Yes, are you ready? Yes, it's praying every day. It's a relationship. When, when you're studying the word every day, he says, the disciple I'm talking about is one who continues in his word. His word is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. Again, does it mean we're perfect? No, you're probably going to still mess up occasionally. But here's the thing I've learned about being in the Word of God. When you live in the Word of God, He reminds you on a regular basis, hey, I'm working on this area. We can make it. Hey, you know that anger issue, John? When you stay in the Word, you're reminded of it daily. It doesn't pop up daily. And it's amazing how you're able to control things, not because of your strength, but now you're living and abiding in me. Um, I, this, I'm getting too close to the end of the message this point, not really. But what are the things that you wrestle with? See, being a disciple means I'm willing to, to examine myself on a regular basis. Being a disciple, and I, now listen, this is going to be a little tight. It means I'm in church. Now, I know we are the church, but we need to come together as the church. Sunday mornings, grace groups, and you're not a great disciple. This is not us becoming a disciple so we can look down on others and, you know, we're better than they are. They're not even in a grace group. No. It's we understand that getting together helps us grow. Getting together makes sure that we're in the Word. Getting together that we make sure that we hear each other's stories and if somebody's struggling, we can come around them and pray with them. If somebody's celebrating something, we can come around and celebrate that with them and we can grow in the Word of God. And being a disciple means I have to be teachable. Being a disciple means I have to be willing to help be held accountable. See, if I'm really following Jesus, remember when, when Peter was trying to help Jesus out with some advice? Jesus was telling the disciples, I must go and I will be beaten and killed. And, and Peter's like, no, 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 no. We can't have that. I've got a better plan. Get behind me, Satan. That's pretty rough, all right? That's rough. But, but, you know, when I really look at that, Jesus wasn't looking at Peter and saying, you're Satan. He was looking at Peter and saying, listen, that voice in your head that's saying, override me, is the work of the enemy. The voice in your head that's telling you to override anything the Word of God says is the enemy. That voice that says, it's okay. That voice that says, you can ask forgiveness later. You know, don't worry about the consequences. Things will fix themselves. Don't worry about the fallout. It'll be all right. And you believe it. That's when you need to be in the Word so much that when that kind of stuff happens, you, you recognize it that quick. And it may be so difficult, you're battling it. It's, I'm talking about any temptation now. Because whatever you face, he's made a way out. Am I rambling? Here's, here's the aspect of discipleship I think we miss. I've got to be willing to allow my brothers to come to me and say, hey, buddy, what's up? I'm fine. No, you're not. You think you're fine, but you've not been off your shelf in six weeks. You're staying hidden in your little place. You're trying to protect something, and that's okay. We all have issues. But listen, you need to get where you're following excuse me, following Jesus because your gifts and talents aren't being used and you're just being hidden away 
you're just waiting for the return of the Home Depot rapture to come and collect all the leftover nails. See, I want to be found doing something. And how you're going to do something is following Jesus. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, but Jesus is pretty straightforward here. If you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples. Now, some translations, especially when he goes on to say, because when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. That indeed means you better believe it. Now, what does he mean by that? Because, again, the Jews are, are confronting with him. They're, they're confronted with him. And they're, they're saying to him, listen, you're not, you're not in charge of us. We don't need to be free from anything. The world doesn't think they need to be free from anything. But I've got three simple points this morning, and I've got to hurry. But point number one, if I want to walk in truth, or if I want to walk in freedom, I will walk in freedom or I will walk in bondage. One of those things, I'll either walk in freedom or I'll walk in bondage. How do I walk in bondage? By not following him. I might say I'm a believer, but if I'm not following him, I'm not. Well, I thought all we had to do was believe and confess with our mouth and that we were saved. Yes, but then there's the whole other part of the Bible. There's the word of God. Paul jumps up and says something silly like, therefore, brothers, I plead that you give your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why the renewing of our mind? Because there's a lot of stuff that we think is true. There's a lot of junk in our lives that we think is normal. There's a lot of stuff that we've lived out that we think this is just it. I'm stuck here, or this is where I'm headed. It must be God's plan for my life. It feels right. The just shall live by faith, not by feeling. Now, I'm saying all this because we have, a, a, we have an incredible sense and ability to be able to con ourselves into believing that we are following Jesus when we're only saying that we're believing. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm messing some people up this morning. It's not an intentional attack. But you're going to feel that way if you just sit on the shelf. It's going to be easy to feel that way when you're sitting on the shelf. And see, when the Bible tells us, he tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. We've got to abide in him. That's how we will bear fruit. You're not going to bear fruit unless you're following Jesus. They will know us by our fruit. There's a lot of things that need to be happening in our kingdom lives that really will measure out if we're disciples or not. Well, pastor, that, I don't agree with that. You really don't know what's going on in my life. The Bible doesn't say I'll know what's going on in your life. The Bible says I'll see it. We'll see it. We'll see fruit. And he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What he means is the more you read this, the more you know. The more you study this, the more you know. Some of us want to know this like we wanted to know our, our high school exam to graduate. Osmosis. We just wanted God to fill us. Lord, give me a download supernaturally because I've not read anything, Lord. 
So please, Lord, help me supernaturally, and I'll serve you the rest of my life. And you still got a D. Why? Because you only studied for it. You're only going to know what you study for. God may supernaturally do a lot of things, but what he wants you to do is get buried in this. He wants you to, it's not about an intellectual exercise. He wants you to read it and then walk it out. Read it and then walk it out. Read it and then walk it out. I know that sounds cliche-ish, and it sounds probably so Christianese that a lot of people are like, man, heard this my whole life. Start getting off the shelf and doing it. If the Bible says something silly like love one another, how about love one another? Just throwing that out there. Is it always easy to love one another? No. And I, when I raise my hand like that, it's okay for you to say, no, it's not. I, believe me, it's not easy to love one another. But how do you love people best when you're as close to Jesus as you can get? See, when I'm following Jesus, it's hard for me to have an attitude. And believe me, I know you, I, it's hard to believe, but I can have an attitude. I can be a real pill sometimes. I, I, can, I can get arrogant, I can get stubborn, and when I get stubborn and arrogant, and, and especially if I'm watching the media and I'm watching the news, I know no one here does this, but I'll start yelling at the television like that's going to fix something. I'll get upset and I'll start debating with a newscaster or debating with somebody and I'll be upset and I'm just, I'm just yelling and screaming and, and not that loud. And then I'll catch myself. What are you doing? Number one, they can't hear you. And number two, your wife and your dog think you're crazy. But what do you think Jesus thinks, John? Because then all of a sudden when I start thinking, all right, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to this? It's not like I come up with all the answers for the world. It's like I can love the world. I can love my enemy. I can love my wife. I can, I can love people around me. Why? Because the closer I stay to Jesus, I realize who I am and how bad I need him. As a disciple, I'm not following myself. I'm following Jesus. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing this is I just believe the church right now, and this happened historically, but right now we are in a critical place in America. The church better be followers of Jesus not followers of a program, not followers of a, of a, a, a cultural desire. We, we want to make people happy, so we've got to make sure they're comfortable. And, you know, we want to keep the place clean. This isn't about not having a clean building. It's about people hearing truth and then helping them walk some things out. Will they all agree? No. When you get to the end of this chapter, they still wanted to stone Jesus. They picked up stones to stone him, and the Bible says he just made his way out. Now, here's, here's my point. This isn't about getting the world to like us. This is us following Christ. It's about being a disciple. is not about being a light that the world appreciates. It's being a light that may tick some people off. Being a disciple. Now, see, some of you, I'm, I'm telling you, this is where our culture is taking it. Because what I'm, what I'm even saying right now, as simple as it may be to some of us, is going to be considered hate speech. In a few years. It'll be, you say something like this on the street, and somebody's going to say, 
you can't say that. You're a bigot. You're, you're a racist. You're, you're a hater. You can't talk like that. We all need to love each other. Because see, loving one another to their truth, I'm getting too deep in ethics. Dr. Bucci, you've got to help me here. <laughs> see, loving on their terms means, because everybody's got a term, everybody's got a truth, everybody's got an idea, everybody's got a stance, and everybody's got an agenda. The only way you make everybody happy is to give yours up. The only way to make everybody happy and enjoy life is for you not to have a truth. Therefore, you don't have a say, and if you don't have a say, they don't have to hear you. But if you have the truth, did you hear what I just said? Because Jesus doesn't talk about him being a way. He is the way. That's why he says to these disciples, if you abide in me, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You are really true disciples. You're not say-so disciples. You're not pretend disciples. You're not shell for disciples. You're my disciples. And when you're my disciples, you're going to be in a world, and we get to this at the end of John, you're going to be in a world that will hate you because they hated him. So how do, how do I, I either walk in freedom or walk in bondage. Here's how I walk in freedom. I, I know, here's where it is about grace. I know who my redeemer is. I know because we can look back and see the cross. We can see the empty tomb. We know he is risen. I know I am saved by my sins, but now I walk in freedom because I walk by following him. Well, what does that mean by freedom? He goes on to say, this is not about you're not going to be sinning. Anyone who is sinning is a slave to sin. But he who the Son sets free is free indeed. What does that mean? That means when I'm following Christ, um, anybody here ever ice skate? Not me. I tried like four times. And every time um, when I was able to crawl off the ice, I decided, why, why am I doing this? I'm never doing this again. Okay? Now, that being said, I've seen people, we're not, we're not surprised at all when people who are starting something slip and fall. But then they get, some, they get some skill, they get some experience, and they're able to really skate well. But here's what I love about even watching the Olympics. And I thought about trying to um, act this out on stage, but there's no way I'm doing this today. But have you ever watched the Olympians when they're skating? And I mean, they'll do triple whatevers and double whatevers and in a single kick sideways whatever. And then they'll try to make a land in what? Sometimes they'll just wipe out. But you know what I love? It's like they make it look like it's a part of the, the set. They'll hit a knee. They'll fall down on their side, swirl around, pop up, and then like it was all a part of the whole. Now, we know it wasn't, right? But here's what you start to learn as a Christian. As you're following Jesus, there's going to be times when you're trained, you're prepared, but you're outside on the workforce, you're outside in the kingdom, and the hammer comes along and hits your nail and bends that nail. And you're just bent out of shape. And you say things you wish you could take back. And you do things you wish... But see, what you need to do is get right back up 
and keep following Jesus. Because Jesus isn't turning around and judging. He's on a mission. A disciple's not, not waiting for somebody to fall so they can judge them. A disciple's walking in. When somebody falls, they pick them up, and, and they tell the hammer, you hit the wrong nail, hit the, hit, yeah, go hit them for a while. And they're just marching on. I hope I'm making sense this morning. Because walking in freedom, or when you walk in bondage, it's when you're trying to follow Jesus on your own terms. That's when it's bondage. That's when, for some reason, life just stinks all the time. Well, I'm a Christian. I mean, I've been trying to go to church. There's your problem, trying. And it's not about going. It's about being. You've been trying to follow the rules. If you try to follow the rules, you're always going to feel miserable. If you're just trying to, if you're just trying to do a to-do list for Jesus, you're always going to feel miserable. But the freedom is when you know that you're following Jesus, and even if something on that list gets messed up, the Bible tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because I don't know about you, uh, my to-do list every day needs grace. My spiritual to-do list, I don't care if it's a thought, I don't care if it's a temptation, but here's what I have found. Even this last week, as, I mean, I've really been saying, okay, Lord, I can't talk about maturity unless even this week I mature a little bit. And you know what the Lord told me? That we're not making popcorn. I know that came out of left field. Because here's what I want spiritually. I want popcorn. I want to put my bag in the microwave, hit one button, and in 3.5 minutes, everything's ready. And I put some little cheese Parmesan sauce on there and sit back and enjoy life. And Jesus is saying, I'm not making popcorn with you. This may take a while. This is more crock pot material, John. This may take a few days. This may take a few weeks. Because he who began a good work in us wants to complete it. And so as we're walking this out, walking in freedom means I'm not walking in bondage. But secondly, and th this is the big one too, listen. Secondly, go ahead and put it up there. I'm listening to God's voice over the voices of the world. If you go on and read the rest of this chapter, a couple of things are happening. Because once Jesus says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed, they said, listen, you know, we already know who our Father is. It's Abraham. And now these are people who have been trying to kill Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, if you were really the sons of Abraham, you'd be acting like him. Abraham wasn't trying to kill me. Abraham wasn't trying to do away with me. As a matter of fact, toward the end of the chapter, he says, Abraham was even glad to see me. And now they are just livid. Listen, I'm telling you, when you start living out truth, the world around you is going to get livid. When you start living out truth, don't expect the world around you, well, I want friends. I don't care. Who are your friends now? How have they been helping you now? I want to be around people where even when it's down and dirty and ugly and painful, they're still going to reach down and say, come on, man, we're in this together. I don't need friends who are just around for the ride. I, I, want, I want people in the kingdom that are just like Jesus 
who are willing to give themselves everything. Give themselves up for everything. Give themselves all to Jesus Christ and watch what he can do with our lives. And see, when that happens, the Bible says when he was talking to these men, he says, listen, God's speaking all the time. You'll never hear him. You only hear the voice of your father. Your father is Satan. If you're listening to the wrong voice, you're never going to hear the voice of God. Listen, if you're living for yourself, don't expect to hear God's voice. If you're living for your own agenda, he's not going to speak to you. If you're not living in the word, which, you, know, you don't understand, Pastor, I've been praying for a supernatural breakthrough. Read the word. That breakthrough may have to happen in your brain, but it's going to happen because you start reading the word. Well, I'm not a big reader. Never mind. This isn't about whether you feel like it or not. I'm telling you. There's not a person in here, if you were driving home, it's 11.09. Can I have till 11.15? There's not a person in here, if you were driving home or going somewhere and you used the uh, Waze app, we've gotten so accustomed to it that if it says turn left, we just turn left. And if it says go straight or there's been an accident... We, we just have gotten so accustomed to it that we trust it. Why can't you trust an app that even when I started using it, I was like, forget that. I already know where I'm going. I, I, I know where I'm headed. You know, forget that. And then you start realizing, see if that thing knows where the uh, directions back to 64 are. Because I'll get us lost. You know, when we do our own thing, we do that a lot, don't we? Why don't we trust the Word of God as much as we trust an app? Why don't we trust the Word of God as much as we, you know, and, and, and I'm telling you, when you live in the Word of God, you will hear Him speak to you. I'm not trying to get mystical, but God can speak to your spirit. God will speak to you through His Word. And when He tells you things like, listen, straighten up. Don't say things like, well, God, you know that's how I've always been. Well, stop being that way. Let him transform you. Maybe it just could be that he wants to do a work in you that will allow you to make a difference in somebody else's life. Now, I'm not not trying to make anybody feel bad this morning. What I am guaranteeing you is that when you start following the word of God, you'll be challenged. There's going to be challenges in your life that you can only live out by grace. You're not going to do this by works. It's not because you're a good boy, a good girl. It's not because you're strong. It's not because you have abilities. It's because of Jesus Christ. And you're living in his word, and you're making a decision every day. I'm going to walk this out. And when you do, you'll hear his voice and not the voice of the world. So I want to walk in freedom. And as I'm walking in that freedom, it's because I'm following him. And as I'm following him, I will hear his voice. And here's what I love. When I'm hearing his voice and following him, I'm not overwhelmed. Put number three up there real quick. I'm not overwhelmed. My trust is not in the right now of my circumstances. But my trust is in the I am in the circumstances. See, what these Jews were talking about was the here and now. Our father is Abraham. That's tradition that's been handed down to us. 
This is our identity. This is who I am. This is our truth. This is now. And Jesus makes the statement, no, I know Abraham. You're no Abraham. Um, I was before Abraham. I am who was before Abraham. Now, what is he saying? Again, very plain language to the believers. Very plain language to the Jews. They knew what he was talking about. He was saying, I am God. Used in the Old Testament in Exodus when God spoke to Moses. Who shall I say I sent him? I am. Who is I am to you today? What are the circumstances that you're in right now that you're still trying to find the answer for you? You're still trying to find the truth issue that you want to build your life on. Well, here, here's how I feel about this. You know, when I, when I look up at the Word of God, how you feel about everything is answerable right here. It's easy. It really is pretty easy. Well, how do I feel about abortion? Get it in the Word, it'll tell you. Now, pastor, that's some, there's some political gray areas there. No, there's not. Thou shalt not kill. Okay? Well, what about sleeping around? What about it? Don't do it. It's not, it's not good. Well, it feels so good. Stop. Of course it does. That's why it's tempting. But what does the Word of God say? That's what you want to build your life on. What about how I treat my husband or treat my wife? You already know how the Bible talks about that. Well, why? Pastor, I don't like that humble part. I don't like that submit part. Can I have till 1120? Because here, here's the bottom line. When you get into the Word of God and really start understanding what he's saying, it's never, he's never told the wives to submit themselves to their husbands to be a submissive little doormat. He's telling the husbands to die. Show yourself to your wife like Christ shows himself to the church and gave himself for it. Why? Because really, even our marriage is supposed to magnify our relationship with Christ. It's all about the kingdom. Everything we do is about the kingdom. And when we look at our present circumstances, present circumstances meaning whatever your life is in the 21st century right now, 2021. Now, back in 2020, we know what it was. We know the pain. We know the suffering. And we're still trying to figure out what it's going to look like on the other side of 2021. But if you get stuck somewhere in your circumstances in 2021, you're not believing in a God who's been here a long time before 2021. You're not really trusting in a God who can say, listen, whatever your life is, if you'll follow me, I am. Let's all stand. There's a song many years ago. I used to sing it all the time, and I'm not going to sing it now. But it says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last I am. I am the Lion of Judah, the bright and morning star. I am the root of David. I am, I am. I am faithful and true. I am the word of God. I am the lamb. I am. I am the resurrection, the one who lives forevermore. I am your healer. I am. I am the bright and morning star, the son of David. I am.
I am faithful and true. I am the word of God. I am the lamb. I am. See, when, when we talk about truth and freedom, the truth is Jesus. And the freedom comes not by how Jesus treats us, but how we follow him. I just wonder if there's anyone today that Jesus has opened the cell of your life and you've chosen to stay on the shelf. Jesus has opened doors in your life and you believe in him from our four. Jesus says that you're really my disciples if you abide in my word, if you're continually in my word, if you follow me. I wonder what it would look like if my life was following Jesus on a daily basis. What kind of freedom would be there when I know that I'm following him and no matter what happens, I can, I'm running to him. I'm not allowing myself to get sidetracked anymore. I'm not allowing myself to get, to get bent out of shape by all the junk going on in the world. I've got to have that freedom that can only be found in Jesus Christ. I'm not listening to the voices of the world anymore but I'm listening to his word and hearing his voice. I'm spending time in prayer. This is not about a list. It's not a to-do list. It's a relationship. I'm spending time in prayer. I want to know him like I've never known him before because when he whispers, I want to hear it. But in that freedom and in hearing his voice, that no matter what my circumstances are, I'll always know that I am He's in the midst of it. He's still at work in your lives today. He's still at work in your lives today. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we so many times want to, to ask you to prove yourself to us. And Lord, even when we read your word just a few verses earlier, you talked to those who were saying the same thing. And you said, you always want the bread you don't believe me. Lord, we've seen miracles. We've seen you move in people's lives. Lord, we know, we've heard, we've heard the message many, many times. Lord, I pray today that we make decisions to follow. Lord, we know that through grace we do not earn this. We are your children. But as sons and daughters, let us start walking in freedom. Let us start following you to the point that the world says something is different about them. And yes, they will call us everything imaginable. We will get labeled. We will, we will be ridiculed. But Lord, we're not trying to gain their love and acceptance. We're following you. We're not even attacking the world. We're trying to shine in a dark world. Let them see our lives and know that it's making a difference. Let them hear it in our voice. Let them see it in our love. Let them see it in our actions. Let them see it in our fruit. And Lord, just as we abide in you, I pray that we encourage one another. As we gather together, as we love each other, as we grow together, Lord, as we hold each other accountable, Lord, I pray 
that you would continue to do your work in us. And Father, even, even as we move into John chapter 9 next week, Father, I pray now, even now, that you begin to open eyes to see what God is doing in the world around them, that we can get off our shelves and be used mightily in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If I know we're ending a little bit differently today, but it's 1121, and uh, I've already broken two promises. But if you need prayer, we're going to, you know, some, some of us are going to be down here. We want to pray with you if you need special prayer. But I just want you to know, we love you, and I want to encourage you to walk this out. You're not alone. If you're struggling with something, if, if something's going on, you need prayer about something, listen, everybody in this room, look around. Everybody in this room is a quasi-mess, Right? Got a little bit of stuff going on. But here's the beautiful thing. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So I just want to encourage you, go out and live in freedom today. Go out and hear his word and go out and let the I am be I am in your life. Amen? You're dismissed. Praise the Lord. <clears throat>